0: hello 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 welcome to another episode (laughs) episode number 21 i am just firing these off these days which is super exciting momentum matters people momentum matters it really truly does i was so i was thinking about this earlier today as i was so excited to actually get on and make this episode whereas four days ago before i had gotten any momentum at all it was a massive struggle actually a couple of months before i had made one prior to that so once you fall off you fall off so i hope you if you haven't listened to that one i'll just tell you this momentum does matter it's the most important thing to get started and try to get a little bit of momentum behind you and just remember that next time you're struggling is that once you get started it will help momentum will carry you forward Laws of physics. Okay, so here we are. Episode 21. This is a really, really, really big one for me personally. I hope it helps somebody out there. It's overthinking. Not even going to beat around the bush. It's all about overthinking this. But, of course, thinking about overthinking a lot and how it destroyed my life, I want to say. Or I look back at a lot of things. I don't want to blame it on anything. But maybe overthinking was the reason why I turned to alcohol and, and other distractions and things like that actually i posted something the other day about um if you when you start the biggest pain you're going to feel is the regret that you hadn't started sooner and one person commented about how it was so difficult and that it's just easier to turn to distractions and that made me think about how i used to do the same exact thing i didn't know it at the time of course until if you follow anything i do until you have awareness you can't really be cognizant of any choices that you're making whatsoever. So I wasn't aware that I was overthinking and that I was distracting myself by other means. But I think a lot of us really do that out there. So I think it's important to ask yourself, why are you drinking? Is it just to feel good? Do you know the effects of it now? Like lots of new science and studies coming out showing the harmful effects. Again, I could talk about that another time, but that's for another day. Anyways, let's focus overthinking. That's the the topic for today how it destroyed my life and how i really think it's harming a lot of people out there and why it might not just be that you're a neurodivergent or that you're a multi-potentialite i think it can also just be the society that we live in comparison social comparison wanting to compare yourself to others in the world around you uh too many choices is shown To cause indecision which then leads to an action which leads to of course overthinking so it's just so many different ways it could happen and to so many different people I think it's far more prevalent than we actually give credit for like at least when I started to do the research into this like overthinking and not being able to decide on certain things or career and it all kind of led back to being a neurodivergent or multi-potentialite and me personally i don't think i fall in that category again I, i just never really come up i think it was just a product of my situation and having so many choices in life and what society was telling me you need to do just one thing and follow this direction, but something felt wrong to me my whole life about just kind of doing the same thing that everyone else is doing. That's why when I was you know, 21, 22, I just left to the other side of the world without any idea really what I was doing. So I think, again, just a lot of people struggle with this, and I, I think it's something that needs to be talked about. So we're just going to talk about it today. Um, real quick, what are you grateful for? Take a look around you. Think of something real fast, anything you're grateful for. Take a minute out of your day, every day if you haven't done it which you should be doing it every morning if you're listening to my stuff i'll always recommend starting your day with a little bit of gratitude that's one of my favorite morning routine additions that takes zero time at all as you're walking to the bathroom after you wake up smile in gratitude so i was just thinking i'm grateful for new ways to express ourselves you can do it now my episode yesterday was about posting on social media, but I was thinking that you could just start up a blog and start typing, although it is actually a bit more complicated than just doing that. But I think it's easier today. Uh, you could get on social media posts. You could do a podcast. Personally, for me, this has helped just kind of process thoughts and get out and create community. So I think that's really cool and something to be grateful for. Okay, the quote of the day comes from Joe Dispenza from the book Evolve Your Brain. And this one I remember walking. I was walking, listening to the audiobook and I stopped in my tracks and it says, quote, what followed during the next three days was the worst of human suffering, indecision, end quote. So when he said that, I was like, whoa, I've never really heard somebody put it that way, like indecision being the worst of human suffering. But then that makes me think of um, Victor Frankl's book, Man's Search for Meaning and the, the worst of human suffering is basically his thesis comes down to belief really and he attributed a lot of deaths in the concentration camp to the belief that there was no hope that hope was lost so I think there's those all kind of tied together at least in my mind Um, that's how I, I used to call it the cycle of doom it was indecision inaction overthinking and it just kept going around and around and around in a circle And that leads me on to kind of what we're going to talk about today in more detail, the cycle of doom, I call it. So I just spent my whole life in overthinking, and that led to indecision, and that led to inaction. And it has to be specifically in that order. And that's why I think now overthinking, again, I was thinking about this. It sounds funny to say I was thinking about overthinking, but it has to be in that order because you can't just have indecision alone. And the reason I now know this to be at least subjective truth or subjective fact is that I've been waking up at 5 a.m. I struggled with it for a while, but the single greatest lesson that this taught me is that if you do not think, you cannot be indecisive, and therefore you can take action. Let me repeat that. If you do not think, you cannot be indecisive, and therefore you can take action. It sounds so simple, but this is how I keep seeing it. 5 a.m., the little light goes on a little bit before the alarm. And just in that moment, if you do not think anything and just move, then there's no decision to be made. So that's why I think it has to happen in that order. And that overthinking is the base and the root of the problem is that the moment you begin to think, So I hope this 5 a.m. makes it easy for you. Is like if you're laying in bed and the alarm goes off, that's maybe you get like a couple seconds. For me, it's almost there within a second. Is that it will say stay in bed? It's warm here. Don't get up. You know, you don't have to. You can do it later, maybe tomorrow. Take a day off. You've been doing this a while. So that moment, if the thinking doesn't start, then You can't be indecisive. There's nothing to decide about. It's just already happening. And then it's much easier to take action. So that kind of gets the question that pops up for me is how do you stop thinking? And I don't think you really stop thinking necessarily. Like I said, within that 5am alarm, you have like a few seconds to get up. But I think you can't shut off thinking, obviously that doesn't happen so I just want to talk about first the overthinking cycle this is kind of how I have it broken down let's see if you can relate to this so you start thinking and this is more when I'm thinking about careers and kind of life in general so you start thinking you come up with many good ideas you're generally a big thinker big idea thinker long picture you see the future but the world's kind of telling you or it's always told you you know you got to focus on one thing so you try that You're trying to just focus on one thing like I just need to do this for the rest of my life. And that's what we've at least I was told as an elder millennial is that you just need to try one thing and that's kind of what you're going to do for the rest of your life. And when I was teaching, you know, not too long ago, that was it. I thought that was it forever. Um, but then I realized it wasn't and you do have alternatives. But there you are. So you're trying one thing and you're sticking with it, but you're stuck in the paradox of choice because society gives you so many choices and those are growing exponentially. I feel like by the day, if you go online and look for different kinds of careers and now AI and all these different things and opportunities and there's just so many choices. So then naturally, and then this is where it's not necessarily Multipotentialite, neurodivergent, I think it's just everybody, is that you get stuck in paralysis by analysis and overthinking. And there is a book on this, The Paradox of Choice um, by Barry Schwartz. I haven't read it, but I do, I've seen some of the studies referenced basically there was um, a study at a supermarket i think that's in the book where there were like 27 jams out and a majority of the people walked away without buying anything but when they reduced it to three jams or jellies um i think the numbers went up exponentially so like i think they set the limit at three or four choices before we kind of get paralysis by analysis i should read the book before i say anything so i i don't want to go too far into that but i do think we have so many choices in the world, whether it's partner or life or options or clothes or foods. It's just almost overwhelming. So then what happens is it's inaction. Many people get so stuck by paralysis, by analysis, they just stop. They just don't take action. And I think this is where a lot of people really lie is that they just get stuck in this inaction and they think that's that's the end of the world. They don't know what to do. It's like this deep hole that you're in. I've been in that. Trust me. I think, you know, I'll still find myself slipping back into that inaction hole. I did even for the last couple of weeks. It can happen just doing the bare minimum, right? So you're in that inaction and then you procrastinate. You feel unproductive. You feel lost, confused. So all these emotions come bubbling up and then you get mad at yourself. This is where you start to see people and their their negative self-talk. I don't know if I had negative self-talk. I never had awareness until not too long ago. But now that I'm doing it, I'm always positive a majority of the time. But then you get mad at yourself. You say you feel lazy. You're a lazy person. You have all this potential, but you wasted it. Um, Because I think a lot of overthinkers tie their happiness to productivity right so i think a lot of people do anyways i don't know too many people that have a specific goal in mind and don't make progress towards it and then don't feel happy or feel don't make progress and feel happy about it i think most people need to make progress and in productivity to feel happiness i think that's a general biological trait that we have and I think a lot of the research says that and studies say that as we make progress we feel happier and that could be linked back to just dopamine release right Um, so what happens in an overthinker is that we take a step back to get clarity at least I've done this I'm like okay I'm stuck lost confused take a step back let's think about it and see what I can come up with and guess what the cycle begins again and you start thinking Come up with more good ideas, the world tells you one thing, so you try to pick one thing and it's just this cycle that goes around and around again. So on today's episode, I wanted to make sure I leave you with some solutions. I've got a few more cycles here that I want to talk about that are a little different. But first, so you might be asking yourself, what's a solution to that? And... One of the major ones I've been thinking is just choose to be happy with little bits of productivity and progress. I've been working on this a lot. Actually, yesterday I had like 20 things on my to-do list and I did three or four of them. And at the end of the day, I actually wrote that. Just choose to be happy with doing three or four things. I shouldn't have listed 20 anyways. Three was really good. And even then I was like, you know what? Four days ago, I couldn't even do a podcast. I was in my own head. And now I I did that for four days in a row now. So it's like, you know, choose to be happy. You get to choose to be happy with what you did that day. And I'm not saying don't just do anything and then be like, oh, I'm happy. I didn't do anything and make any goals. That's not going to work. You can't trick your brain that much but you can you can reframe it and be realistic like okay i did this and this and this and this and you know that's good and then the other solution i have and this sounds laughable is don't think And that's back to my 5am that's how it works for me i am so serious i'm training myself it's still a struggle, but in that moment I get I get like 2 seconds, maybe not even. I wake up, I kind of see the light under my eye mask, and in that moment I just kind of training myself to move. But I'm not going to lie, there's still that I call him my morning demon Ernie. He shows up and he's like, "Get it back in bed. Don't get out. Why would you exercise? That's crazy. All these things." So that's it. Don't think. Just don't think. Even with this podcast today, I started thinking, and I just said, "Don't think." Okay just clear all the thoughts. Again, you can't stop it forever, but in that moment, you can choose just to get rid of those thoughts and wash them away. Okay, this next cycle I've got is very similar to the first one, but I call it the overthinking identity cycle. And this is how I think a lot of overthinkers tie their identity, their self-worth, their being into the cycle. So here it goes. First, big ideas, and you try to pick just one. Oh, and in this cycle, I also tied in James Clear's habit system, which is cue, craving, response, and reward. If you haven't read it, I recommend reading that book, but I'll explain it along the way. Okay. So step one, big, big ideas. You try to pick just one and that's the cue for most overthinker overthinkers. That's the cue, which kind of initiates a habit response, which is the cue is to learn something new and to think about it overthinkers love to think we want to learn something new so that's the cue next we go into the honeymoon phase which is that exciting phase you feel really excited oh it's something new and exciting and you get the next step to the habit response is craving you get the craving to want to figure out a new skill oh you get to learn more you get to figure out something new that's just kind of within your your grasp it's going to be exciting this is the new skill for you this is your one thing for life. and then we overthinkers invest our identity. We put our self-worth into this. At least I know I do when I'm like, this is the thing I'm going to do. I'm going to be a blogger, a podcast, create content. that becomes my identity. And of course that's a good thing and I think it's necessary, but it can also be dangerous because many overthinkers tend to get to a point and then they stop and they so the next one is they get excited, they tell people, they release dopamine, And then this can be tricky because once you start to release dopamine, I still think your brain knows the difference between belief and action. But once you start to release dopamine, that's when it gets a little bit tricky because your body thinks that it's actually doing something that it's not. But then overthinkers generally get, or at least I know I have, you get bored with something right you do it for a little while you either get bored or you've learned enough to make you happy and satisfied i know this was my thing i would go and do something and then i did it with the website i remember opening it up on um, wordpress and i was like oh my god this looks crazy i closed it for like months never looked at it then i started it and i was like oh this is i was in the zone i learned it in a couple weeks i got really not really good but i mean i could design a website right now Whereas, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I couldn't even do that. I had no clue. Zero, zero, zero idea what any of that was. And now I could build my own website, even from scratch if I had to. But then I got to that point and that was it. I was like, oh, good enough. When I had this huge, big idea of creating this massive website, and I'm still going to do it because I still love it, but I could see where it comes in where... Many overthinkers, I believe, get to a point where they're like, okay, I'm satisfied. I'm not trying to be the world's greatest at this. And then that's what I call a response in the habit cycle. So the response is you learn enough and you feel satisfied. So you have a cue, the new thing you want to learn. You get the craving to want to learn it, to get information, to gather information, to figure it out. You get the response by being satisfied with what you've just enough You get enough satisfaction but then here comes the next step you feel guilty because it's not your calling you thought it was going to be your calling this big thing the only thing meant for you for your whole life because that's what society tells you i mean i see it again and again i look around me and everybody's like you know what are you going to do exactly what's your plan exactly like what is your career going to be right so I see that often, and I see it with young, young children. This is one of the reasons, again, with teaching I had such a hard time with. I get it, but we're asking 17-year-old children, 17. Ah, I get so passionate. We ask a 17-year-old child, what are you going to do with your life? What, are, what university are you going to? to pick which career you're going to spend. Like it's planted. Maybe we're not doing it on purpose. It's all well-intentioned. We're like, what are you gonna do? It's just conversation. It's what we've always been asked. It's what we ask other people. It's just common. Most people I realize don't even think about it, don't even look at what they're doing. But you're asking a 17, 16, 17 year old child, Oh, what are you planning on doing? Where are you going to university? You know, to take on the biggest amount of debt possibly, one of the biggest amounts of debt you're ever going to take on in your entire life at the age of 16, 17, and to choose a future career where you have no idea. We can't just say, Oh, you know, go explore. Oh, maybe college isn't for you or things like that. I hope it's opening up a little bit more but last time i saw it you know last year it was still the same so you start to feel guilty it's not your calling and then the next time most people do this i believe is they avoid going all in to avoid failure i think most people just do this anyways and i call this the anti-reward so in james clear's definition it's q craving response reward and i consider this an anti-reward because you're still getting a feeling of reward because you're avoiding failure and that's providing safety for you. So you get safety and avoid failure by not going all in on your next endeavor. And then this just kind of cycles down and down and down. Cause you're kind of afraid that you're going to do it again and you will, you'll do it for a little bit, but then you will get satisfied and then you'll quit. And the more times you quit something, I believe this adds into a, A self-fulfilling prophecy is that you don't go all in so you just you're gonna fail of course you're going to fail at it or not do that much because most of your life you've just
1: avoided
0: failure by not going all in that protects you like imagine if you just burn the boats they say I'm not recommending doing this at all but I'm really considering doing this just at least in my life I'm making some progress of where I want to go but I don't No, i think there's something to be said for burning the boats and you have no other choice and you have to figure it out and that's it you got to go all in i really truly believe the capability and human potential is really limitless we really really are incredible i've seen growth in myself and now i see it around me and people wanting to improve and what they can do and it's just it's there for the taking but we don't go all in. Then we feel shame. So you lose confidence. And guess what? Once you lose confidence, you're like, okay, I got to think my way out of this. Think of new ideas. And that's it. You try to find your calling again and you're back in the cycle. So like I said, I want to leave you with solution. So what do you do? What's a solution to that? Is stop looking for the one single calling. Again, I'm, I'm talking to you, dear listener, but I'm also talking to myself. Is I wish somebody had told me to stop looking for this single thing. Maybe, maybe there isn't just one single thing. Maybe there is for you, but I think it's also worth questioning. Maybe there isn't. Maybe there isn't. Maybe there are several different things. And then you could learn a whole bunch of different things and combine them so you get the best of both worlds you still get to try a whole bunch of different things learn a whole bunch of different topics and I know this is working for me personally I'm reading about health and neuroscience and habits um, you know and I was learning uh, data the other day like all of these things building a website they're not necessarily related but putting them together into something so look for different ways and solutions and that's why I talked about social media there's or technology there's so many opportunities in front of you to combine many different skills and then that's another one you could upgrade your skills so there's another solution look at what you have right now available to you and what you're decent at and then go and upgrade those a little bit that's another solution or another solution i hate to say the word conformity i don't mean it in a negative way but i just mean you could do what society tells you and keep searching for that one thing maybe you will find it i'm not against that entirely I really believe that for some people, there is just that one thing that makes them happy for their whole life. And I think that could happen for anybody as long as certain criteria are met. Like they say autonomy, mastery, and purpose, I've heard are the things that kind of fulfill it. So you feel like you have a decision in the direction of your life that's autonomy mastery you have the ability to grow and progress in whatever career it is and purpose you feel like i think this is well known now i know i feel it when you feel like you're doing something for something bigger you're helping other people you're making the world a better place so those kind of three criteria i see um, come up over and over again so whatever that is i think if those criteria are filled then you do have fit that into your one thing make it your one thing Okay, and this last section, I wanna make this kind of quick. I wanted to, again, keep this under 30 minutes. So I just call this the addicted to overthinking cycle. And they kind of begin the same way, they kind of overlap, but let's get into it. And I believe this is where a lot of people live because overthinking I don't know the science I'm not going to lie I haven't really looked into it I know a little bit about dopamine and how it is the molecule of anticipation and I I truly believe now that I'm looking at my life and the science is that I was addicted to overthinking because when I thought a thought or a thing or an idea, I, m- I feel like I got a little hit of dopamine and I felt like I was solving the problem. And that manipulated kind of my dopamine. And then I got addicted to that feeling like I was figuring out a problem or I thought I was, I thought I was solving it. I really, really did. So anyways, here we are. You think of a, an idea and you imagine in your head how it would be when it's completed. You imagine the future, the big picture, the big ideas. This is really at least this is for me then that manipulates your dopamine even though your brain knows the difference between thinking and action i really believe that i think there's still an effect so there's still an effect even when you are thinking your brain knows your brain really will get a ton of dopamine when you make real progress in life but it also i believe again i haven't this isn't scientific backed theory it's just a thought not well reasoned yet but that when we think we manipulate some of our dopamine and of course people like dopamine and we want more of it of course we do look at social media and scrolling you could spend hours of your life just flicking your thumb like that so there goes to the show that and then. When we're thinking and we're releasing the dopamine and envisioning this picture of us succeeding and doing the thing that we love, we are crushing life. We have it all figured out. But the problem is it's only in our heads. But we don't know that yet. So we tell other people about our big plans. Oh, this is exciting. I'm going to do this. I still say this like, oh, I'm going to go travel the world. I am going to do it. I know I'm going to do it. I just like to make it happen sooner than later. But I'm trying to get that out of my head and into action. But when we tell people about our big plans, I've heard this before, I think it was on the Andrew Huberman podcast, is that when we tell people about something that we're doing or making or that we think we're making progress or we've accomplished something small, we get more dopamine. And it feels like we're making more progress than we actually are. Again, I've heard this. I haven't researched it myself, but I feel like from subjective experience, this reason is very true for me. I would think about it, get hits of dopamine. I loved the feeling of thinking. Yeah, the way I say it, it sounds like an addiction. And then I would tell people about it, and that would manipulate my dopamine more. So I would imagine even more. And then this is something new I kind of landed on, and it's called the action gap. Is that when you are overthinking, overthinking this big picture, this big picture, and you got this vision in your head, and then you stop and come back to reality, and you're like, boom. Whoa, I'm so far away. Whether it's conscious that you notice this or subconscious, that you're so far away from where you want to go that it makes it almost impossible to get started. So I feel like that's my thesis of this podcast if you made it this far today, is that the action gap is a real, real thing. Whether it's on social media and we're watching people who are so far ahead of us and this is causing a subconscious action gap or we are overthinking things so much That we create this vision in our head and then when we snap back to reality and look at, you know, like I have here in front of me, just a laptop in front of my head or in front of my face. And I want to do all these amazing things, but that seems so far and it's hard for people to realize that taking little baby steps is the key. And that's what I wrote here for solutions to give you some solutions before we end this is awareness first if you're listening to me go meditate get awareness do whatever it is where you get that secondary point of view i say this it's you watching you it's you your thoughts watching your thoughts if you know it you know it if you don't you're probably lost like i was and then the other one this comes from mark manson he calls it the do something principle um i try to uh, think about this just do something just do anything that's how i get started on the podcast i literally just open up the document where i want to take my notes and talk about for the day and i start typing something it does work and as much as i hate these here's the next one is a short 30-day trials I think these things are kind of tricky. Like I know people who stop drinking for 30 days and are like, oh yeah, look, I don't need alcohol. No problem. So they do the 30 day trial and it's this false manipulation. They believe, it's just manipulation. They believe that they have achieved something when they haven't. But I think it's also useful to get started. If you want to see if you like, I don't know, if you see if you like making a podcast, Be like, okay, I'm gonna do it for 30 days and then see how I feel. It's short, it's sweet, make it a week if it's easier. And then another one is the do it for fun. Just tell yourself, I'm gonna just do this for fun. Who cares? It lowers the pressure and that's a good thing. And then the last one is the whoop method. W-O-O-P, you can look it up. Okay, that's it. Well, one more thing. I'll just say this. And then another another solution comes kind of adapted from Brene Brown. And it's, I call it the vulnerability cycle. And it's vulnerability. Share yourself and your opinions. Help others by doing that. You get validation in return because people are like, yes, I feel like that too. Then you feel good enough. And when you feel good enough, you repeat sharing and being vulnerable. All right, that's it. I'm out under 30 minutes. Always do and have your best day.